What up, what up? Welcome to episode 52 and a very special edition of Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Matt, not Mike, sitting here with my boys, ready to talk some professional wrestling, as CM Punk would say. And this past weekend was a wrestling fan's dream. We had AEW Rampage on Friday night, the first dance live from the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. Then on Saturday, we had SummerSlam from the Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. And finally, if you weren't already burnt out on wrestling for the weekend, we had NXT TakeOver 36 from the Capitol Wrestling Center on Sunday. But the story that overshadowed everything and that people are still talking about even now is the return of CM Punk, one of the most memorable moments in pro wrestling history. Now, Mike and Charlie were fortunate enough to be there in person, and on this episode of Keep the Kayfabe, we're going to hear what the anticipation was like, how loud the pop actually was, and most importantly... How were those ice cream bars, and were they really that good? But before we get into that, if you look, if you like what you hear and want to hear more, click or tap the subscribe button so that you always get the latest episodes of Keep the Kayfabe as soon as they become available. And with that, let's introduce the boys real quick. Up in Glendale, somebody who always keeps it regal, <laughs> Grobe Schmidt. What's going on, Steve? Join the Dark Order. I joined the Dark Order this weekend. That's why I said that. Oh, good. Good. Do you yeah. have a number? Um, 32. 69. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's... Nice. All right. Well, cool. No, I only, they only let me go up to 68, so I haven't earned the, the one additional digit yet. They owe you one. They owe me one. Maybe, when, awesome. Anna J, maybe when Anna J returns. Well, hopefully when go. we attend AEW Dynamite live this Wednesday in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, yeah, the Dark Order might invite you up on stage, but we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. All right, they, so they might, pull, they might pull it. We got good seats. They might pull them up on the ramp, dude. We're, we're by the ra- entrance ramp. We can only be so lucky, and so can Steve. <laughs> All right, so let's over to Wawatosa, I believe, maybe Milwaukee. Wauwatosa. We'll call it Wawatosa. <laughs> it's from the host of Keep the Kayfabe, the man, the myth, the man who's better than the Wendy's Baconator, Mike Bate. What's up, Mike? Damn. Since we're testing out something new tonight, I thought we'd do, do test, test. This is a test. Perfect. I still repeat that line like all the time whenever I test anything. You know how they like, you know, That's test smart. your uh, smoke alarm, whatever. I'm always like test, test. This is do you know who? <laughs> do you know who? Do, do you know who doesn't do that? Who's that? Test. Test. He's dead. Test he's, yeah. dead. he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> he's dead. Rest in power. Wow. Rest in power. No, he wishes he could do it. Test. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Wow. And on that note, say I pop Steve. So it shows over. I pop Steve for the week. <laughs> yeah, and this is what we get when I just do one impersonation, one week to do an impersonation. We go off the rails. Yeah, we're talking about dead wrestling. <sighs> yep, and on that note, uh, thanks, Mike. So <laughs> finally, we're going to head back down here to Bayview, talk to my neighbor. Oh, 
It's Charlie Michael. <laughs> Tick tock. Look at me in my new mask. S and M, baby. S and M. The end is yeah. The Fall end. Gray, the, baby. The end is here. It ain't near anymore. It's here. You're done. Buried, bro. <laughs> it's yep. over. It oh, is my. over, dude. Yeah, you got for stuck our, with a stupid gimmick. For our listeners who uh, aren't watching Monday Night Raw at the moment, like we tend to do while recording, keep the kayfabe. Karrion Cross uh, is on the main roster now, and he has a new gimmick. And <laughs> wondering what the gimmick looks like, there's two ways to figure it out. Number one is you can Google Karrion Cross Monday Night Raw, or you know, watch the show, or you can go back to SummerSlam Seven and watch Demolition fight in a tag team match, and you'll see pretty much the exact same thing. Or, or you can just Google uh, any kind of S and M outfit, and you'll probably find it. It's, yeah. it's just red. We're getting close to the, ho- the Halloween season. You could probably find the, the same place they found that outfit, oh, like yeah. just some online depot. Promotional considerations paid for by the following: Adam and Eve. By that porn, <laughs> by, by that porn shop off of uh, Greenfield Avenue. <laughs> well, yeah. Wow, what's I'd... that called now? I can't remember. I just drove, yeah, I just drove by. Yep, that's at Temptation. I drove by it the other day. I'd be shocked. Yeah, if I just drove by. I didn't stop it. I didn't stop in or nothing. Oh, no, no, by. no. I just drove by. kept moving. I just saw the sign and kept moving. Yeah, sure. the drive through sign. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yep. All right. All right. Uh, cool. Well, this took a turn. So getting back to the business at hand. Uh, so like we talked about in the intro, this past Friday night was the second edition of AEW Rampage. And with that show, we saw the debut or the return of CM Punk to professional wrestling after seven years of being gone, or in his words, I think it adds up to about 16 years, but we'll get into all that here in just a few minutes. So like I mentioned earlier, Mike and Charlie had the pleasure of attending the show live. They got to see one of the most historical moments in pro wrestling history. So tonight we're going to hear a little bit from Mike and Charlie about their experience, what the night was like, what the energy was like. So let's kick that off. So let's start by talking about the buildup to the actual show. So Mike, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. Just tell us a little bit about when you and Charlie first got into Chicago and how you went about getting ready for the show. My understanding is just amongst the group text between the four of us, there was some shenanigans before the show, but I want to hear it from you firsthand. Yeah, my secret storyteller. Oh, boys, this is this is probably the best story that you're ever going to hear on this show. Me and Charlie, the C train, Charlie box office going down to Chicago to go down to uh, United Center. We had a great little buildup going. Um, me and Charlie hook up at around about 2.30. We wanted to get out. You know, we're on the phone. We already get Nancy. Like, we got to beat the traffic, hustling down. Yep. So I stopped by Charlie's. I hop in his car. We make a little quick up to um, the store that I'm in with the candles, Canahemp, pick up some stuff. Uh, but we also stop at uh, uh, Illinois Dispensary, too, just to give it a shot. We hear it's legal down there. We, um, you know, we stand in line. It's off the beaten path. It's on the way to the United Center, the Madhouse. And I was like, yeah, let's see what it all has to offer. It's great experience at this place. I think the place was called Rise. Yeah. So we're about uh, 30 miles away. We're starting to get a little hungry. So I'm telling Charlie, like, hey, do you have enough time to eat? And he's like, yeah, let's uh, let's look up for a restaurant kind of near the United Center. I'm like, great call. Let's get close to the destination. We'll find something, whatever it is, we'll be f- no problem. We see like a shitty little hot dog stand 
uh, like the Sobrio, whatever they're called, those hot Sabaro dogs that brand. Whatever. Yeah, just yeah. one yeah. of those. You Vienna, know what I'm talking about. Vienna, your typical Chicago Vienna beef place. Yeah. Looked like shit. I mean, it looked like this fair little outhouse over on the side of the street. But then across the street, this Mexican restaurant. And this place looked good. I'm like, yo, dude, do we have time to sit down? And he's like, yeah. Well, we, we, we're we like turn literally, down the street. We're like we see three it. minutes away from the place. So we're like, yeah, let's, yeah. A mile away. mile yep. away from yep. the United Center. This place was, I don't know how great it was until we got there. But there was a parking spot right in front of the thing. We're like, this is perfect. We try to do a little uh, bang a Yui quick. And there's this nerd. Took our spot. I'm like, shit, Poindexter just took our spot. I think it was my ex- <laughs> And no, remember this because it's going to come up later in the story. Yep. It's very important. So um, I was like, Charlie, uh, just let me off on the corner and then you find a place to park. I'll get us a table quick. So I got a mask with me. I don't know what the mask man things are down in Chicago. I just take one in and I was like, hey. Do you got a, a table for two outside? Walk past the two top, an empty two top. It's like, do you have one outside? I'm like, yeah, yeah. So sits down, or I mean, I, I give Charlie the thumbs up. I go park, park. Sits yeah, me park down. Walks away. Yep. Uh, he. I mean, they bring me my water. They bring me my chips and salsa. So I'm like, we're in. Who do I see over at the front door? I hear a lady kind of giving it to hostess. They're like, we had a reservation for five outside. And I mean, no empty tables except for this four top next to us. So me jumping out of the car early got the two top that they were going to push together. But the chips and salsa stay down, so we're locked in. And I'm, and you know who's at the front door? Fucking Point. Poindexter. Nice. With the wife. <laughs> so oh, I nice. fucking stole, I stole his table. Though he stole the parking spot, I stole his table. And like I said, like we're, we're already dining. We order. These people are just not letting it go. They don't leave. Kind of know what's coming. Me and Charlie, I go to Charlie when he sits down. I'm like, dude, I think I stole these guys' table. They're kind of fucked. Yeah. And I kind of feel it's, a little bad. Because it's waitress. It's like two couples, uh, grandma, and two little girls. So it's oh. like it's like a yep. lot of people. So I'm like, oh, man, I think I stole their table. Well, the comes over. And she's like, hey, we kind of overbooked outside. Would you guys mind being inside the restaurant? I'm like, sure. We don't give a shit as long as we can eat. I don't care where we sit. No big deal. And um, they're just like, oh, thank you so much. They're from Chicago. Like, holy shit, these guys are actually moving for us. I mean, a lot of people probably wouldn't even do that. Yeah. Um, But I was I was fucking around with Charlie. I was like, I'm only doing this so your dad doesn't think you're a fucking loser (laughs) because Or, I mean, like, so so the kids think their dad isn't a fucking loser. So I was already, yeah, I was kind of already partaking in the stuff. And um, I go to the, like, oh, my God, thank you so much for uh, the table. I'm like, well, they don't serve alcohol here. Otherwise, I'd say buy me a drink. Apparently, it's BYOB. I go to the bathroom to wash my hands. I come back to our table. They put down a bottle of wine at our table. Wow. And yeah. Charlie doesn't drink. Wow. So now I have a bottle of white wine to go with my meal. Yeah, it's like, pretty, oh my God, pretty cool. Awesome. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not driving. I'm in there wearing my, you know, brand new white t-shirt, the stadium <laughs> stampede shirt. So I'm like really freaking out about the American. I mean, that's just a, 
that's just a kiss of death for a t-shirt. I mean, yeah. you can get salsa or whatever on it. I'm trying to, like, eat it all good. But, uh, yeah, had a nice little half bottle of wine I didn't take all down because, you know, I didn't want to get sick and I wanted to remember tonight. So I put the half of other bottle back down on the table to them as a thank you. And I'm like, Grandma, you can finish the rest of it off. We told them we're going to a wrestling show. They're all pumped up. Poindexter actually yeah. turned out to be a nice guy. Very geeky, but nice couple. Yeah, they're real but, nice. Okay, so this Mexican, this, this Mexican restaurant is called uh sabroso yeah it's like nine miles away from the united center sabroso was one of the best mexican restaurants i've ever eaten at probably had this california burrito i had the tamale and a quesadilla it was Phenomenal. great dude some kind of we red saved sauce our they put over it. it was great oh unbelievable good and, chips good sauce um uh, we took nice we kept the last bits meal to with us to keep in the car so if we're hungry after the show we'd have something to eat so all-time player move right there by me and charlie finding this mexican restaurant so and we're going down the united center now i'm making a stop to sabroso thousand percent that's awesome nice. i i i gotta give a shout out to poindexter on behalf of the rest of us here at keep the kayfabe i think had he not been as nice as he was you guys wouldn't have this great story to share with our listeners so yeah it was really really cool couple i mean like you said uh, it was two couples, their daughters, and it was like um, we we're talking to the wives. They were enjoying us. Then we we're talking to the grandma. The grandma was in <laughs> from New York City. That was just great, yeah. dude. I was telling her I was going to Madison Square Garden in the fall and for a show, and she was, you know, they were just real, real nice people. Even though we, even though they cock block us on the parking spot, then we cock blocked them on the on the table, and it all it all worked out. Oh. They were super nice, dude. Super just like nice people. Just like and pro wrestling, the, you can't 50-50 book that shit. No. Yeah. And it, the restaurant took some money off of our bill. Wow. So it really ended up being a cheap meal. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it was great, humble dude. break. Yep. I did pick up the check yep. for driving. Yep. I picked up the check. And I'm like, well, this is an easy one. This is going to be the cheapest thing I pay for all night. Yep. It was like bucks. I left a $10 tip, 40 bucks. We're out of there. Mike, Mike awesome. tried to do Mike tried to high school me and say, "Hey, I'll pay, I'll pay, I'll pay half for gas." I was like, "No, nah, that's good, dude. We're we're grown men. We don't have to go halfsies on gas. Just yeah. pick up parking or something." Hey, man, <laughs> I, I appreciate the gesture. It was I'm cool, but yeah, yeah, no, yeah, he appreciated that's... the ride. Well, for yep. those of our listeners who don't know Mike in person, Mike is that guy, always willing to help, always willing to contribute. Totally. So it's awesome that you guys got the wine. You got the, the a happy ending to the story. And that wasn't even getting to the show yet. So no. you guys leave like, the restaurant. Everything was perfect. We like we like said we left early enough. We made a couple stops. We had time to eat, get to, and then you know, we found have you guys been to the United Center before? Yes. No, but actually, yeah. Charlie, that kind of leads into my next question, which okay, is for you. So, so you guys leave the restaurant. Tell us a little bit about when you first got to the United Center and specifically, like, what was the crowd like? Because you sensed the buzz in the air and what oh, were right. the things you noticed? Oh, yeah, right. I mean, yeah, we said we got the United Center parking is great for Chicago. It's 20 bucks. You're, the lots are just right there. So you're like in and out uh, going in. Who, what was that dude? What was the dude's shirt where we met going in, Mike? What did he have on? Joey Janela. Yeah, he had a Joey, Joey Janela. Janela. Yeah, we were, and it was funny because we were kind of ripping on Janela, walking up, and then this guy walks up in a Joey Janela shirt. So we're talking. <laughs> yep. So yeah, so we're talking to him. And he's pumped up. Oh. And... Ahead, Charlie, Mike. do you remember the uh, AEW? It, 
champion and the women's AEW champion that were war- walking oh, yeah. hand in hand in women's Jesus. and men's oh, belts. Good God, I forgot the about fucking those royal couple. Two. I forgot about those two geeks. Yeah, there was a couple there. Both of them had fucking AEW championship belts. The women's champ and the guys champ. They're walking towards us, and I'm like, going, "Hey, you know, you gotta defend that belt if you're if you're wearing it." You know, twenty four seven. Twenty four seven, brother. You bring a belt to a show. You gotta, you gotta, you, you gotta be ready for it. No, no, man. This isn't WWE. There is no twenty four seven championship. Yeah. But I digress. No, but yeah, going in the crowd was cool. Yeah, this is like the the like the mecca for mega ultra wrestlings. I mean, you are part of the show, and it is fun. So yeah, yep. it does build that kind of buzz. Yep. It's all. It's it's like. It's got the, I mean, every AEW show I go to, it's like the old Ring of Honor shows. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like going to Woodstock um, or pick or seeing a new band that you know is going to be big and you're in on the ground floor with them and everybody's cool. Everybody's harmonious. Everybody's pumped. You know, we, you know, we get in, get it, get, we get right in through lines, through security, blah, blah, blah. And first thing we do is like, okay, right to the shirt line right to the shirts because you know we we've learned that from the old shows that you got to get a shirt right away so we go you know they had the generic aew i can't remember other shirts they had but they had those because i was jealous that mike had the uh first uh, all out shirt or was it all in oh he had the first all in shirt all out uh, all out shirt yeah he had the first all out shirt i was like shit i should have got that shirt that's cool so as soon as we get in they had it's a generic it was a generic aew superstars on the front but the back was i was there you know, so we snagged those shirts right away. Yeah, and, you know, the line there was a, and there was and a Ob- Britt Baker towel. Yeah, and a Britt Baker towel for his wife. Yep. Nice, that's, you got one. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. And one Kristen of the pictures, Pump. one thing I wanted to ask you guys, one of the pictures you sent as part of the group text was the merchandise stand, and there was a T-shirt that appeared to have CM Punk's logo on it. So seeing that, did you guys know he was coming out? I mean, I know we've all heard the rumors, but was it pretty much a given before Rampage started that that was? Nope. Nope. It was, no, not at all. We really, we really, no, we, not at all. We'll get to that part, but yeah, we had no idea. We just, we had an idea because they were selling that I was there. You know, they had the I was there shirt. The whole energy is, you know, Punk is coming. But we didn't know when. But you knew he was coming because, as Tony Khan said earlier in the day on Busted Open, um, or was that the day before? He would not let the, he would not let the fans down. He would not make promises right. to let the fans down. I was like, oh, it's it's on, dude. It's fucking on. It's yeah. on, dude. Yeah. And so I think most of the people in the crowd probably heard that. So everybody just knew it was on, man. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, amongst the group text, I had seen the video you guys shared with Tony Khan. For those of our listeners who follow us on Instagram, you can go check out Tony Khan's pep talk to the crowd right before Rampage went on the air. Uh, you can check that out at Keep the Kayfabe on Instagram. So, so Mike, um, one other thing I wanted to ask you about. So you guys get to the United Center. You get in your seats. The show starts... And for a lot of people who haven't been to a live wrestling show, you don't necessarily know how the shows are filmed. So my understanding is that they started by filming either AEW Dark or Elevation or something like that. Is that Was that actually the case? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they... Yeah, right away, dude. 7 o'clock, up... boom. They said 7 o'clock bell time. We got we walked, we got in the building a little bit after 7. That Layla Hurst chick was wrestling. I think, I think we might have even missed the... Um, 
Ticantics. I think she was before. Yep. So they're just they're just cranking oh. out matches back to back to back to back, dude. There's no there's no bullshit. There's yep. a couple promos Andrade Andrade came out, you know, and cut some stuff at the desk. You know, you couldn't hear anything that they were saying, but it's like boom, boom, oh. boom. Minute or two minutes between matches. We're you're recording. Like, yep. We're recording tonight, and that AEW Dark should be airing tonight. Tonight, right now, yep. So yeah, what we yeah. saw. It's a good show, dude. On Friday actually. is what is gonna, and it was amazing. They brought out everybody. I mean, we saw Lucha Bros. We saw pri- Private Party Friends, uh, Statlander, Thunder Rosa, Thunder Rosa. Yep. Man, that's Young awesome. Bucks even came out and watched uh, Best Friend. Or wait, no, that, that was, was on. That was on um, the main show. That was Rampage, actually on the, never yeah. mind. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it was a dark match. Like it was really, really good. I was like, this is amazing. And where that was, um, well, oh yeah, we saw Dante Martin. Dante Martin was there. Pac was there, dude. Wow. It was fucking good, dude. Yeah, Pac yeah. was in the main event, right? Yep. Man, that's awesome. So so for those of our listeners out there who haven't necessarily watched AEW Rampage yet, it's only a one-hour show. So when you go to these shows live, a lot of times you'll have dark matches. Thankfully for AEW, they have AEW Dark and Elevation and shows like that. So like Mike and Charlie were just saying, you can catch those shows on YouTube. I think it's on Monday and Tuesday nights, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Awesome. Typically, yeah. All right. So, so let's get into the part that everybody's waiting to hear about. So Rampage finally get started around 9 p.m. We all know how the show opened. Mike, talk a little bit about what it was like to be in the crowd as the show actually started. And you guys already talked about whether or not seeing Pump, CM Punk was or wasn't coming out and if anybody knew. But what was the crowd like? And then what was the pop really like? So where we were sitting was in the 300 level. Yeah. Okay. okay. So like, down on the lower level was all the CM Punk people that, like, were wearing shirts. I mean, people were wearing CM Punk shirts all everywhere over that night. Everywhere. It's like and probably two-thirds of the crowd was CM so, Punk fans were wearing some kind of punk gear, dude. Right, yeah. Remember the dude oh. with the cool and, hockey jersey uh, behind us, too, dude? Tell him about that hockey jersey. Oh, yeah, I love this thing. Mike freaked on this hockey guy. Hockey jersey was fucking tight, dude. He had a CM Punk black Blackhawks jersey with the Stanley Cup patch. And it said CM Punk on the back in the number team, which was like super dope. Yeah, I it was think cool. he might have had a mullet, so he looked real. <laughs> no, he was just he was just long hair, um, dude. He was cool. He's a cool looking dude. Yeah, but anyway, like I was saying, um, we're up at the three hundred level, and there's people around us that are doing like the countdown, like during dark. They're like seventeen minutes till rampage, till it's nine o'clock. I mean, people are like, are "You ready to?" Are like. Do you realize what we're about to see? Like yep. people are just going like back and forth. The girl next to me, who's obviously kind of not in like with the popular culture, you can just kind of tell. But she's like shaking. I'm like, is oh, CM Punk your favorite wrestler? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, nice. I'm really happy for you. Like that's all I said. That's all I could really say because I'm not like in that vein. Mm-hmm. But I mean, people were fucking pumped. And then when yeah, Khan dude. came at like. Four minutes before yep. airtime, Khan came yep. out and just started screaming how much he appreciated everybody. I'm not going to let like, you down. Tonight is going to be stuff. special. Yep, yep, Every, yep. Everybody is ready to go. And then when 9 o'clock hit. Well, no, no, right before that, Mike. a little pause. Well, 
might hold up. Right before that, though, yeah, go ahead. they got the crowd amped up. After Khan came out, they started playing the Bulls from the old Bulls intro music. The starting lineup. Oh music. yeah, that was so oh, tight. Smart. They got that the crowd worked tight. up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, know, they know what they yeah. call. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So good. Go carry on, Mike. Yep. So yeah. So we got like the Jordan music going, the Bulls intro going. I mean, people are starting to fucking feel it, and the sound yep. system is thumping it's great in there too. In there. And yep. we're right by speakers, so it was loud. Um. So then Jordan music going. Uh. And I'm like in the crowd saying like Friday night, and you yep. know what that means? Like I'm impersonating Jr. for our section yep. well, treatment, and everybody's like and going it, fucking nuts. And here's another, here's another, here's another head, um, a headliner too that we knew they were coming. I think after the Bulls music, they had all the you know each announcer got their music. They came out and sat down, and when Jr. came, that's when I knew I go punks here, dude, for sure. Oh, yeah, because J Jr. When he's not a normal, even though they played it off on TV, but I knew when he was there, what he was there for. He's there for the big stuff. And oh. yep. So yeah, hundred percent. I was watching on TV and I saw Jr. in the announce booth in place of Chris Jericho. And right away, I was like, they only bring out Jr. when it's a legendary night. Yeah, so, they yeah, said they, they right said away. about they actually yeah they told a good story there by saying Jericho Jericho yeah I heard that when I got home I watched it yeah yeah Jericho's going through some stuff and he'll be back next week though yeah yeah (laughs) it's only gonna take a week to get over it (laughs) it was uh that was a good cover yeah but soon as yeah so we didn't get any we didn't hear any of that in the crowd so yeah I saw JR I was like oh he's here dude just a matter of when he's coming dude so they so they stop so people everything stops it's silent for a while but then everybody simultaneously Starts chanting CM Punk, CM Punk. I mean, they were doing it all night during dark, but I mean, keep working, losing it. And then the red lights flashed. Yeah. The mute personality came on. People were yeah. fucking banging their wrists together to do the X. I mean, people yeah. were losing their fucking, fucking mind. Ass. It was not even. And then all of a sudden, Punk's music unreal. hit, and then he's not out there for a few seconds, and it's like, he comes and it's like. <sighs> yeah. It- it almost Everybody's seemed like people were losing it. It almost yep. seemed like there was a second was pop it. when he actually walked out of the tunnel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, pretty, yeah, it was. It was a pop that his fucking music played. So it was like, holy oh, yeah. shit, they're kicking it off. There's Punk's music. The logo's up there yeah. and everything's going nuts. And he's not there yet. Then he comes and it's like, <sighs> everybody's on their feet too, dude, at this point. I don't think nobody was, was on their feet at the everybody's beginning of the show. Everybody's on their fucking feet, yep. dude. Everybody's right. on their feet, dude. Right. So when so Punk comes out, Nobody was and sitting. the whole segment can really be divided into two segments. So there was the walk down to the ring where he dove into the crowd, hugged quite a few people, and then there was the promo. So so Charlie, tell us a little bit about the energy in the crowd for both the walk down to the ring and then during the promo because it seemed different, but still, I mean, super high energy, but very Every, different. Everybody's on their feet still, dude. Nobody sat, dude. Nobody sat. When he did his whole, when it, the, he did his whole walk around the ring, stage dive, did his walk around, um, you know, he, he did his intro. He came, then you know, he came into the ring. People were still just fucking going nuts. See him fucking in. You could tell it went to commercial, and he's just in the ring walking around, just sucking it up. It's kind of cool because you always wondering what did they, what do they do in between interview? Like they play the a lot of times they'll play the wrestlers' music. 
And then all of a sudden they come back from TV and they're still in there. It's like, what the, isn't that kind of boring? But for this crowd and what they did, we were still fucking amped. CM Punk chants. People are still fucking yelling. They bring it back live and then he gets on the mic and people are still fucking losing their mind. We're standing the whole time. It's, I've never had that much of an, I think one other time I've had that kind of adrenaline rush, but it wasn't even to that level. I went to the Bears versus Kansas City game. And the Bears came back and beat Kansas City in the last few yeah. seconds with the Cutler pass, and we were just fucking going nuts. But it was not – but that was on the road, though. So it's only a few of us Bears fans going nuts. But this is like <laughs> everybody in the stadium is rooting for the same team, dude. Everybody's rooting for them, and it's just nuts, dude. It's just it's just that, insane, dude. That's an it's, awesome, awesome feeling. I – I can't even imagine what it's like, and that's partly why we wanted to talk with you guys tonight about it's, it's, this. So. It's nothing like I, – I, like I said, I've been to hundreds of wrestling shows over the years. Some of the best wrestling shows were all in, all out I've been to. It, better wrestling shows, but for, the, for that experience, this was the best thing I've ever been to in wrestling. That's hands awesome. down. Even though this is like a basically glorified house show since it's the only one out. Only, only one hour taping on TV, but, but it was great value because – we got two hours of seriously good wrestling. Uh, they worked the crowd. They fed into the crowd, and then you get amped, then you're just amped up for this punk thing, and it's just like such a fucking rush, dude. And we're just, you know, he does. He's doing his promo. And we're just going nuts and going crazy, dude. I was just so spent after that promo, dude. I was like, oh my fucking god. We, we, you know, you didn't sit sit down till you went to the back, you know. Man, unreal. Right. So, okay, so so we talked about the energy level. Obviously, it was amazing. Everybody would agree on that. So, Mike, I'm going to start with you on this question. Then, Charlie, once Mike answers, I'll kick it over to you. What was your favorite part of the punk segment, Mike? Like, if you had to pick one part, well, whether it's the walkout, the promo, any lines, any moments, like, is there one thing that really stuck out to you? All right. So... Like I said earlier, I I'm like the most CM Punk fan. I love seeing other wrestling fans feel what they're feeling. That's why I wanted to go down. Yeah, there. I knew it so was going to be chill, and and I just um, I mean, just observe people be so happy. There literally was people around us within you know arm distance that were crying. Everybody's like grown men. Oh, crying. dude, yeah. there were and, two like, guys so in front of us that were. This dude right was just so emotional, crying, dude. You could tell they were just huge CM Punk fans. They were fucking. It was. It was like your guys been away, um, cast away, got shit on on WWE, and he's finally back to to end his career and do it right and and do it the right way and go and go out on his own own terms and be happy. It was. So many fans there that felt that you could just feel that from the CM Punk fans. They were just happy that he was there and he gets to tell his own story now and not have Vince and those guys, Vince and Triple H, fuck him over. You know. So, so Charlie, would you say that was your favorite part of the segment? No, my favorite, my my favorite part of the segment was when he took the shot about in two thousand five. August, or it was August tenth, two thousand five. I left professional wrestling. Because that's when he left Ring of Honor and he went to the WWE Sports Entertainment shit. And he hasn't been back to professional wrestling until August 23rd. Or what was it? August 21st? 20th? 20th, yep. 20th, 2000, 2021. We saw it went nuts because 
any shots he can take at WWE is going to be great because he's going to take shots at Triple H, Vince. He's going he's gonna to get him eventually. I love that part. I love the part is that when he said to, when he say something about, we're not going to get all to it tonight, but we're going to get to it. I love that. Dude. Uh, that was good. I love that, dude. I love that part, dude. How about how about when his shout out to Britt Baker right away? Oh, that just that was great yeah, too, that dude. Was dope. That was fuck. We everybody went nuts on that, dude. That was fucking. That was awesome. You sure know how to make cool. a, a guy feel like he's Britt Baker in Pittsburgh. That was just great, dude. <laughs> yeah, that this was, was. It was just a great way to start the promo too. You oh, know. absolutely. This entire promo, and I mean, I think every podcast, every everything I've listened to up to this point has said the same thing, which is there. this entire segment was perfect from start That's to finish. That's the word. That's the I word I used. I can't even pick yep. one of this promo Dude. that I thought was the best. It, it was all amazing. That's, the tone Jim, was good. Everything was good. I listened to Jim Cornette, was it yesterday or Saturday, when he did his take on it, when he said, he goes, oh, I wouldn't have did it. I wouldn't have did it that way. It was better than I would have did it. And I was like, oh, shit. We finally Damn. got him to admit that they fucking did it right, dude. He you gave know, them the he gave approval. Him, he gave them nothing but praise, dude. He wow. gave them the first time I think he's ever, ever given them praise. You know, if that, and if that old that, bastard liked it, you know, it's. Yeah, he goes, he goes, he, he goes, I wouldn't have booked, <laughs> he goes, I wouldn't have booked it that good, dude. Yeah, that's a that's a huge win, especially coming from Jim Cornette. Oh yeah, and all he does is talk about it. All he does is rip on AEW and the Bucks and Khan and the booking. Oh yeah, and well, so one of the things now coming out of that, so with Jim Cornette putting it over as much as he did, and just the feeling after that whole Punk segment, and even after you know the rest of the weekend, which we'll get to here in a few minutes, um, you know, I personally feel that AEW has really hit another level in terms of star power it's a it's a heavy hitter now in the pro wrestling industry i actually have a co-worker this morning where i mentioned that this happened and he had heard about it and he's not a wrestling fan so it just goes to show the star power cm punk has reach and the just the impact of this i happened to pop on the sports radio 1250 today just because it's like oh let me just i always check in to see what's going on and fucking uh steve sparky pfeiffer was talking about it today on on his show you know, I was like, "Oh shit, it's big, it's well, big." ESPN was covering it, and Were they, they, yep, like for yep, a while there, yep. they had like a deal with WWE. Yeah, so it was cool to see them talking about AEW. Yep, I'd say another cool thing too. Like after the Punk segment, everybody—not everybody, but everybody—most of the people and their mom were racing to that fucking uh, t-shirt stand, dude. You could see him running out of there, dude. What about it? Yep. I thought about it. I was like, Charlie, do we leave the seats? Like, while he, he took, because I, like yeah, I, I said, like, leave. I'm I not a big punk fan, but I yep. wanted to, like, go get the shirt. Yep. Um, you know, but I did want to hear what he you, had to say. Same here. Down there, so. Did you guys see that? I'm reading this off of Twitter. In less than 72 hours, CM Punk has the highest selling yeah. design oh, yeah. ever on wrestling, pro wrestling tees. The previous record was held for seven years by Bone Soldier Bullet Club shirt. So, yeah, 72 hours, they busted the record. Yeah, That's, dude, it was, it was, was insane. The line, I mean, this is awesome. They crashed the, the site. To, yeah, to yeah, the end of the, the show. Site. They crashed the, the site. The, the, line, the line was freaking incredible at the end of the show with people trying to get shirts. If Mike, I think if I thought about it now, if we had to do it again, I would have bought like two of those, two more of those just basic I was there t-shirts. We could sell those for a hundred bucks a piece. Mm -hmm. Easily. Oh, sure. Easily. Sure. So I'm like, fuck, next time I do something like that, 
I'm buying them, dude, because these geeks will buy it, dude. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I always say that, but I never want to get in that deep. Oh, I do it for like profit and shit. Just, I would just, just buy. I would just buy. Thing, but you're totally right. Yeah, I would just buy two or three because at, at most you wear one and you save the two for you, you have them forever. You know, you bust it out in ten years at oh. a wrestling show and people are gonna fucking mark out. You were fucking there, you know? Like, damn, I, I was a little yeah. kid. I saw that on TV, you know? Yeah, that'd be unreal. Well, there was people who. There was people that bought like nine shirts. I saw wow. they they took all their merchandise and bag it up. They bag it in a clear bag. You can see what's in there. And I saw. I asked the dude. I was like, "How many shirts you got in there?" And he's like, "Well, like six. Yeah, yeah. So, he's like, he's like something for me, something for my buddy, and something else. But we we're like, I was like, shit. We should have we should have bought more yeah. when we first went there, dude. I was like, I didn't even think about it. I yeah, was like. Then- the merch opportunities from this were just unreal. And obviously it's the crash pro wrestling tees. But so now the real question, the one that everybody is listening to this podcast to hear, and we I mentioned it in the beginning, but these ice cream bars, how good were they and why were they a ten on a scale of one to ten? They were fucking good, dude. They were like um I I think I know why, because I read the label, because they were custardy. It was just not ice cream, it was custard ice cream inside. So the ice cream was really good. The chocolate shell was good outside. It was just, or maybe it was the high of the show too, but it was just good, dude. It was just, well, just a good, delicious little treat, dude. And it was big too. Opinion, it was a big bar. Yeah, it was a good size bar. Yeah. In my opinion, it was, okay, so this is the other beauty of it. It was made in Chicago. Yep. By a local company, I think called Pretty Cool. Yep. And it was like soy free, gluten free. Nice. Tried to make well, it, you know, good for everybody. So now well, it's, I'm it's thinking. Ice cream, it's ice cream. So it's going to be soy bars? free. Yeah, Whatever. They put it right on the label. Yeah, so they have to, they have the paperwork to do that. So, you know, they're just a good. I'm just trying to talk the company up. Oh, they're great. It's great ice cream. Right. Like Mike was saying, they sold them. If they sell them at the show, I would get a bar because they were that good, dude. It was good. Well, this it is was what I'm saying. I, I say you put four CM Punk ice cream carts at every corner of the concourse at and sell them for a dollar. So that way, if you're taking your family to the show and you got like six with you or whatever, and you need a cheap little snack, A, it's refreshing, B, it's cheap, and everybody goes home happy. You can't, like, have a bad time when you eat ice cream. That's true. So I think he could sell a lot of these every single show. Oh, yeah. Probably for a good long time. And help a small business. He absolutely could. And I I don't know if you guys heard this. I I was listening to the media scrum with Tony Khan and CM Punk that they shot after the show. And somebody asked the question about whether he actually paid for the ice cream bars out of his own pocket. And it turns out he did. And the whole thing was his idea. Um, And he... Because at the end of his promo, if you guys have watched it back ten times like I have, yep. he says to the crowd, um, "Thanks again for you know waiting for me and you know to show my appreciation. Here's a, grab yourself an ice cream bar on the way out," which I thought was really corny. But then f- realizing I mean, that oh, this is an actual thing and he really means it, it's, it's very different feeling. Wasn't he the one that when he was in WWE he was trying to? Because remember, if you guys remember, in yeah, the eighties, the eighties yeah. they had the. Yeah. Uh, which were really good ice cream bars. Yeah. Um, yeah. I ate my fair share and they came with a, like a, with a collectible card. Yeah. But um, he was always a fan of those. Yeah. I mean, he just, and the whole, like I told Mike, the whole gimmick was that he wanted ice cream. He, he had a, he had a promo about putting him on it. Why don't you guys put me on an ice cream bar? You know, that was his whole, 
that was his whole promo. You know, basically, yeah. he was shooting. It was shooting, but a promo. So you're saying, you know, he was a champ. Why aren't you making ice cream bars with him? And blah, blah, blah. And so he got him back. It's a, like a little jab giving away free ice cream bars at the end of yeah. the show, you know? Such a cool idea. Subtle jab. Oh, it was great, dude. It was great yep. because, I mean, not that I'm a because... huge CM Punk fan, but I just remember that. I just kind of remember that promo, kind of remember that story because they were fucking him over. And I was, you know, and and just knowing, oh, he, he got him back, dude, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, yep. all right. So, so winding down a little bit with this part of the, the show, um, when you attend a great wrestling show in person, usually the ener- energy stays with the fans, even as they leave the building. And Mike, I think back to when we went to NXT TakeOver Chicago and we saw Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, yeah. there was a palpable energy here. Um, and this question's more so for Mike. What were the fans like as everybody was actually leaving the United Center? Well, I mean, everybody was hyped. Everybody polite. There was a lot of, there was, there was, um, there was just a good warm nature about it. Even for Chicago, you know, where people can get a little pushy, they can get a little, you know, edge for space. This was really like just a good wholesome thing. Like I said, asked me the question before, what was my favorite part about just the CM Punk promo? I just said my favorite part is just seeing these people feel these emotions, like. Because this guy really meant something to these people. Yep. And I mean, the line to, for the new t-shirts, the new CM Punk t-shirts to buy was, you know, a mile long. No no bullshit. It was probably a mile long. If you combined all the merch stands and the lines at each of them, guaranteed it was a mile. Um, yeah. So I didn't, so a lot of, so it wasn't crowded on the street because more people were staying in line to get this shirt. But, you know, people were... In high spirits, everybody was complimenting on people's signs. It's really just a really friendly community of wrestling folks. Yep. I mean, you got to be a diehard to be there, and you're really yep. not going to give anybody too much shit. The only shit that we did give out was when we saw this guy at the beginning of the show. This was the best part of the night, one of my other favorite parts of the night. We saw a guy walking slow, and he had a universal WWE title belt over his shoulder. And he's walking real slow on the 300 level. I'm like, who the fuck is this motherfucker? <laughs> he even dressed up entirely like Roman Reigns. I'm like, oh my God, I got to get this guy on tape. So I whip out my phone. I start taking a video. And I'm like, hey, yo, Roman Empire. Roman Empire. And he just like kept walking. And Charlie's like, wrong show. Wrong show. And this guy must have yeah. gotten torn to shreds on the main level. At us, he probably yeah. went upstairs. Oh, yeah. Was he expecting? And he he couldn't escape it. He no. was probably Dude, just here, getting killed here, that night. The kicker is, here's the whole kicker too. Mike shortened the story up, but we see this guy. He's got the uh, he's he's got the blue the fucking SmackDown the SmackDown belt, the blue one. Yeah. You know, and most of the belt is hanging off the back of his shoulder, like Roman Reigns was wearing. And so we see the guy like, what the fuck's that idiot here? With the WWE belt, we're like, what a geek, dude. And then, then we, then I look and I'm like, fucking Mike, this dude's. We look him up down. We're like, I'm like, he's fucking dressed like Roman Reigns, dude. So <laughs> then we just, that's when, that's when we jumped. When I started yelling, wrong show, wrong show, you know, because it was because Friday night, you know, SmackDown was two hours before that. So I'm just yeah. yelling at the guy and just, he's like, kind of just moving like. 
get away from these guys, dude. Because I'm sure he got looked and talked to all night, dude. It, it couldn't have been just oh. us, dude. Two obnoxious guys from Milwaukee, dude. He got shredded. Yeah. He got buried. It takes a lot of balls. He got buried that night. A, yeah. lot of, a lot of fucking balls. A lot of balls. Bold move, especially of all the shows he could have done it at. So. Yeah, exactly. Why go to go to the CM Punk show? Yeah. With WWE shit on. Like, oh, yeah. I'm gonna, like he goes there, I'm going to show these guys what the real federation is. Who the yeah. real champ is. You show, you show them as you gave AEW your money. Exactly. I'm going to show Tony. Give me a ticket. <laughs> we got it on tape. We'll post it to the Keep the Cave Fabe um, social media so you can see for yourself. But this guy didn't break character. He kept the kayfabe. It's an ultimate heel move. He was awesome. Did, did a slow walk like, like he's fucking... Like he is fucking uh, Reigns. Man. But I tell you, too, you know, you asked about the energy afterwards after going to a show like that. I don't know about you, Mike, but coming home, watching that yeah. again, I couldn't fall asleep till like after three, dude. And I had to take some fucking um, Same. A Benadryl, dude, because I was so amped still just because the drive back yep. is super easy. We left at like 1030. We're back in my house before midnight, like a couple minutes before midnight, dude. And we just... And I was just still yep. so fucking amped up, dude. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine what the energy must have been like from you guys. I, I watched it, kind of like I mentioned earlier, I watched it on TV at home. And I actually had kind of a late night, so I didn't watch it live. I watched it maybe a half hour after it aired. But even then, I watched the first 20 minutes. And the moment Punk's segment ended, I turned it off and I looked at Becky, my fiance, and I just went, well, that's all I needed to see. I don't need to yeah, see the exactly. rest of the show. Yeah. It's not going to get any better. Yeah, this is it. I, I can catch these last three matches later. Yeah, I watched that. I think I watched it three times back that night, hoping that it would fucking calm, calm me down. But I, and, I mean, it just never did. You just, you just have that much high and energy from a show like that. And then it's just it just takes you a while to get to get it out of you, dude. It was just great, and I think, um, and I just so ha I wish I was sitting near you, Matt. Um, uh, Wednesday, you're just gonna, you will, you'll understand what we're talking about when you're there. I've been, I, I was, I was, I've been anti WWE for a long time, and I was, I jumped on the ECW train because it was good shit, and it's got that vibe, but better, dude. It's just, it's just got that feel like. This is this is big, dude. This is gonna take off. This is this is gonna be huge. And Steve, you were at you've been to AEW shows. Yeah. And just the production value and the way they run the show now is so much better than when they started, dude. Like I was oh, so yeah. impressed with Dark. Match it was just match after match after match. No bullshit. Just it just kept moving. Just kept moving. I was just like Dude, they got it down now. They got dude. they got they got some good vets there that are yeah, up and they, run the they, show. It's just now. it's just it's a smooth it's a smooth running machine now. They they're they're poised if they get everybody in. Twenty twenty two is going to be a very very good year, dude. It's going to be a very good year for them. Absolutely. And all right. Well, so to wrap up the discussion regarding CM Punk, yeah, after this last Friday, I mean, I think it's obvious AEW is in the big leagues now, and it's only going to get better from here because we have matches coming up with CM Punk. Like Charlie just mentioned, the four of us are actually attending AEW Dynamite live here in Milwaukee this coming Wednesday. So we're going to get to see how the rest of this story with CM and Darby Allen starts to unfold before we get to All Out, which we will also be attending in person. It's just, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan, but more uh, importantly than that, it's a great time to be here on Keep the Kayfabe. So that's cool too. 
All right. Cool. Well, to quote Michael Cole, switching gears now, I got to <laughs> just hey, like you got to yell. He's here. He's here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that in just a minute. But yeah. just like AEW Rampage. Um, so we opened up with CM Punk and you guys have probably heard the best part of the podcast and everything after this, you probably won't even remember. So um, but I do want to give mention to two more things that happened this weekend. So first and foremost, on Saturday, we had SummerSlam live from the Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. And there were really two things that happened during that event that are worth mentioning on the podcast. First and foremost, we saw the return of Becky Lynch, which was really exciting in, in the moment. Um, and we also saw the return of Brock Lesnar. Now, how these two folks returned was a little interesting. So when it comes to Becky Lynch, um, basically what happened was she came out in the absence of Sasha Banks, who was advertised to be on the show, did not appear, was not able to compete. And they, and they knew for a week she was not going to appear. Exactly. And so they brought out Carmella in the moment. The crowd completely rejected it. And thankfully, in that moment, I, I don't know if this was an audible that AEW called or excuse me, WWE, but Becky Lynch then came out, um, completely squashed Bianca Belair in five seconds, similar to how Brock Lesnar would do Kofi Kingston. Um, I guess I'm curious on your guys' thoughts. Like, what do you think this says about WWE's booking? And more importantly, what do you <laughs> next from Becky Lynch? Well, I mean, this is like they, you know, they have Becky Lynch, who is one of their most popular stars that's been out of there for, what, a year? Over a year? Two years. Pushing two years? Yeah, two years. But, but, you know, this should be the closest thing they have to lightning in a bottle. So it's good they debuted her, but they couldn't have picked a worse way to do it because, I mean, they just squashed. I mean, Bianca goes, you know, back to the back of the line, like so much for her feel-good moment. Like they couldn't give her an ounce of offense. Now the people are speculating, yeah. like, um, is Becky not ring ready yet? Well, then why'd you, why'd you have to put the title on her? She's she so popular. Eat. She's so popular. She could have just come out and challenged her or something. Yeah, exactly. They, but but they couldn't help. They couldn't yeah. help themselves. It's they had Vince. to go for the shock. That's Vince. And they just completely ruined another character in the process. So could have made it an A. Instead, it's a D. Yeah. The thing yeah, they... that pissed me off the most is they took the best thing that they had from their WrestleMania program, which was the Sasha Bianca Belair. Yeah. When Bianca won that match, there was raw emotion, genuine tears. Oh like, yeah. Really like something that tore at your heartstrings. Yeah. And then doing Becky, like you just said, Steve, was would have been perfect. But then what did they have to do? They took all that medical moment, that beautiful something that the girl has worked so hard for and sacrificed, took it in a small little ball and wiped their ass with it and threw it to the fucking curb. And so disrespectful in my opinion yeah you're not the future of our division anymore you're just a prop and here's the thing too dude if you guys don't remember they kind of did the same thing the, the bianca and nxt they she would she never got the belt there yeah she never could beat shane at times right. they're like oh it's this is her time dude she's lost to her like three or four times yep. in a row this is her time to get it she never got it and got called up it's like they're just kind yep. of dick her over dude you know it's just I don't know. It's not good. And the thing, and the other thing was too, Mika looked actually pretty stoked to hear that crowd reaction. If I knew I was going to get squashed, I'd be pissed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was unfortunate. It was crazy. It's, it, it's another case of talent just kind of getting built up and then completely torn apart in a complete instance. So, so with that moment occurring the way it did, 
WWE just came out. I, I believe it was today or well, technically yesterday as of when this podcast will be released. But um, WWE has stated that Becky Lynch is now a heel, which I think is hilarious because she's done nothing heelish up to this point with the exception of, you know, squashing Bianca Belair. But I think for any smart fan, that's not necessarily Becky's fault. That's WWE's booking at its worst, as it typically has been as of late. Yeah. It, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's, it's gonna, well, we'll see, because you never know what WWE fans, because it could ruin Becky's character, it, it, it could ruin Beck. well, they're, now they're turning her heel, so she's definitely gonna get booed and stuff, because people were pissed about it, but yeah, right. they're not gonna do right yeah, by Bianca. It's ludicrous, it's so, absurd. It's, it's, I don't know, it's just a mess. Like, it's just a mess, yeah, they messed that up, dude, it, and Everybody knew that she probably face Becky. She's probably gonna lose, but she could have. She could have. Well, maybe not to, with the gas, but she could have did a longer match. You know, I mean, I understand because if you, if you, we'll talk about NXT in a minute. But if you watch that NXT show, fucking Joe was sweating his ass off. Dude. Yeah, he was gassed, dude. He was fucking gassed. I'm a big guy, so I know about sweating and being gassed, and he was fucking gassed, dude. Yeah, so. So not only did we see the return of Becky Lynch on SummerSlam, um, we also saw the return of Brock Lesnar. And um, Steve, I'll kick this one over to you. So I know we've uh, seen this long-running rivalry between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. But it's interesting now because I feel like the roles have been reversed where we have Roman playing the heel, Brock playing the face, and then you have Paul Heyman caught in the middle. How do you see this playing out? Yeah, you know, I mean – if I'm going to put away my WWE snark for just a second, I would say like the interesting aspect of it this time around is the Heyman factor. And yeah, I mean, didn't, didn't he walk out with Roman? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what's he going to do here? I mean, I can tell you the booking of that right now if you need me to. Do it. I don't, I don't the- watch wrestling. So here's, 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 <laughs> here, here's, here's the booking, dude. I've seen this story. A lot of times, dude. Here's the book. Here's how this is probably going to go, dude. Wait, actually, Charlie, I just, I'm sorry. I feel like this is worthy of a special segment we haven't had tonight. So without further ado, it's now time for a very special edition of Charlie's Corner. Charlie, tell us your thoughts on the booking with Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns, and Brock Lesnar. Here's how it's going to go, dude. Um, uh, Reigns is going to be the heel. Uh, Brock is going to be the face for a while until they meet. Then when they wrestle, Heyman turns. Then that's Vince's moment to try to push Reigns as a face, and he'll Reigns is gonna blame Heyman for getting in his head and blah blah blah. And it's gonna be his attempt, his another attempt to force Reigns as a face at some point. I don't know what's gonna happen, but it's gonna happen, dude. Cause you know Vince, Vince can't let that go, and he wants Roman Reigns to be a face so bad that Heyman's going to turn on him at some point. It's, I've seen it. I, I, does does uh, Brock beat him for the title? Yeah, he's going to beat him. Okay. He's going to get it off of him. But he'll get. But the whole deal is in the journey. Him to get it back. A, as the him good becoming guy. a good guy to get it back. In seven <laughs> more years to, of uh, to, to get booed, To get booed and to get booed and forced down people's throat. But that's you. I. This is just my theory. I've seen him do it before, but I think this is the route he's going to go. He might have shot his wide early on it, 
So I think he wanted to, I think he wanted to wait a while on it, but I think with AEW having so much momentum that he brought back earlier, because I heard that that that's, this match of those two wasn't supposed to happen until 2023. And that was like the, the long-term booking, but I think he's going to blow his wad and rush it rush it to get him because he wants him to be a face and he thinks that he's the biggest character guy they got now. Because if you notice, if you remember, because you guys talked about it, they said that they're going to make Becky Lynch the biggest heel on SmackDown. Who's the biggest heel on SmackDown right now? Roman. So where's that? So are they going to push him to the side? No. He's eventually going to make the face turn. Let Becky be the heel for the next year. It's it's we've seen this shit before, dude. <laughs> we've seen this shit before, dude. I, it's it's common. Charlie, I love this theory, and I I think it makes sense. Well, for two reasons. It's common. Is, WWE's done this before, like you said, but also they announced that Brock is scheduled to appear at WrestleMania in t- what was it, twenty twenty three? Three. Yeah. It's like why not push him this year? But your your story makes sense because. The theory we've been working with up to this point is Roman's going to face The Rock at WrestleMania, which makes sense. And you cannot have The Rock be a heel in that case. It just wouldn't work. So you have Roman stay heel up through that WrestleMania. And then over the next year, he can slowly turn face where he faces heel Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 2023. Mm -hmm. Hopefully the fans get behind it. Vince finally gets the fans to get behind it after like the ninth match between these two. And then hopefully life will continue after that. But... Until then, I think we're going to be stuck with the same old story. Hopefully, we get a different outcome, but we'll see. So so anyway, so those were the big events from SummerSlam. The final event we had this weekend, which we'll use to kind of wind down the rest of the show, uh, NXT TakeOver 36. So there were quite a few matches on this show that ended with the result they should have ended with. I don't think a ton, many of them were that noteworthy. Uh, the one match, though, that I do want to call out was... Uh, the match for the NXT UK championship between Walter and Ilya Dragunov. This was one of the most hard-hitting matches in recent memory for WWE. Charlie, I know you mentioned you had watched it, and you said it was an instant five-star classic. Yeah, it was a great match. I mean, it's, to me, it started a little slow, or maybe I was looking at my phone, but then I finally got into it when they started tearing it up, and it was it was really good. I liked, I liked the the match, the physicality. I mean, obviously everything was good in it, but I also like the finish because for me, it makes sense because a guy can get a chokehold on a 300 pound guy, a 170 pound guy can catch a chokehold on a guy and he'll tap out. Cause if you've ever been choked, like I'd mess around, I got friends who are fighters. So they, they put stuff on me and you can get caught and it's you're, you're tapping dude. So I like to tap out of nowhere because Unless he hit him with something, you know. He's not going to beat him by strength. Yeah, he, yeah. it's going to be hard to pin a guy. It's going to be hard for a guy max size to pin that, a 300-pound guy, you know. Yeah, watching this back, the, the match itself felt very real, and not in the sense that they were really, hit, really hitting each other. They definitely were. And oh, yeah. Well, they it's weren't not fucking, Yeah. But also, like you said, Charlie, choke holds and just the the different submission holds were really basic wrestling moves. But yeah. they totally sold it in a way where you felt like it was the most painful thing ever. And I think that's what made this match so great. They took the fundamentals, they made it believable, and it was a great ending. We finally saw Walter lose the title after an 870-day reign, which is just it's nuts it is in the modern era. Yeah. Yeah. 
So fantastic match for those of our listeners who haven't seen it. Definitely go check it out. Find it wherever you can. Um, it's definitely worth a watch. I forget the runtime on it, but you will not be disappointed. So Walter's Walter's just the best. I think yeah. so many of the best matches I've seen on the WWE's universe over okay. the last few years have been Walter matches. They just they they look like they're. I mean, you can almost fool yourself into thinking it's a real fight. Like it's just so vicious, and I just hope they don't blow him. Like if he's going to the main that's, roster, that's my or, question to you guys. Yeah. Where where does Walter go? Well, because, we don't really know. You know yet, he doesn't yeah. want to. He doesn't want to move to the states. Yeah. Oh. I know that he does okay. not. That was his whole thing. He didn't want to move here. I don't know where he goes then. Yeah, I don't think we know. But Mike, did you have something to add? Well, my main point was Steve was about the style of the of the match, and one thing I wanted yeah. to note was they match off on American soil. If they would have done that match over in Great Britain in that their strong style. I mean, that would have been the match of the year, but it still translated really well, I think, and, uh, to an American audience, this UK oh, yeah. championship. I think it, I've seen these guys have a match before, and it was just, like, insane. So you knew it was going to be good, but they pulled out all the stuff this one. This was, like, really, really good stuff. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, I, I have no idea after what Charlie said about him not wanting to move because it Kind of was getting feeling like maybe they'd try him on the main roster, but that's not going to work. Yeah, that's what I thought too. I was like, oh, that yeah, sounds my buddy Scott. And I was like, oh, they're going to move to the roster. He goes, oh, yeah, I remember he does. He never wanted to move. Here. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. So the problem with that is, what do you do with them? Because he's he's meant to dominate. I mean, you can't have him not be champ. <laughs> so, but maybe and here's another here's my other thinking too, man. Is, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe he moves over to regular NXT because you know they're doing like all these tapings. For a while yeah so maybe he does these tapings goes back then comes back for another round of tapings and just goes travels back and forth that makes sense you know but but walter is definitely vince's main main uh or what's it the, the main Legit. roster type of guy so imagine yes. imagine walter lesnar my god oh that'd be great dude oh my god they could they, they, but it's it's too good that they won't book it. It's just it's too good, dude. Yeah. Okay. It's just it, that's that's the problem. They don't. They got all these great guys and they don't know how to book them. Like you know, like you said, the whole carrying across ricochet thing. Or, ricochet. or did, I don't know if I shared it with you guys on uh, Twitter or on on chat, but um, alleged uh, reportedly, according to the dirt sheets, that you know, Oscar's not been on TV for a while, and it's yeah. not because she's injured. It's because they don't they, have anything not, for yeah, her. Yeah, they don't have anything for her. Yeah, I and saw if that. you if you as a company don't have anything for Oscar, you're just creatively bankrupt. I mean, how do you blow that? Yeah. Well, here's another one I got into with arguing with some guys online last night about WWE because they're arguing about oh, Cole should stay. I'm like, you're out of your fucking mind. You know, there's no biggest, future for him. But yeah, biggest show of the summer. I'm just going to name three guys that if you can't get them on the show, then you're doing something wrong. You're telling me Sami Zayn, Kevin Steen, yep. and Ricochet. All right, forgot, and the fourth one, I just thought of, I, I remember too, and Cesaro. You can't find nothing for those guys on um, right. on uh, on your show, but you have time for Alexa Bliss and whoever she wrestled. Uh, Eva Marie. Eva Marie. Eva yeah. Marie made SummerSlam. Yeah, but, but those four guys – couldn't couldn't get any time. <laughs> it's it's it, it's why they're gonna fail, dude. They get all these fucking 
They have all the killer they need. All these killer guys, and they're coming with this bullshit, dude. Like I watched a little bit tonight, and um, Charlotte Flair cut a pretty good promo talking shit. And guess who they brought out? That's her next challenge is probably going to be. It's got to be Rhea Ripley, I would assume. I uh, know. No, they're moving on from that, but go ahead oh, and guess. Wow. You got it, Nikki Steve? Ash? I, I know it. Oh, you know what? Okay, Mike, you take a guess. You're getting closer, either. Mike, but not that. Nikki Ash? Not a, no, not, nope. Nope. Not, nobody that she wrestled yesterday. Those guys, she's moved on from those guys already. They're done. She, they were tag team with Baszler you tonight, get, so you, you they get moved one, on. You get one more guess. Yep. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. It's so hard. It's no impossible. Clue, to Tell them, Steve. Alexa Bliss. And, <laughs> and her doll. And her doll. They brought her out against... And Flair cut a pretty good promo as a heel, talking shit, making it seem real, and they bring Alexa Bliss and a fucking doll out, dude. That's the best thing. And you know, Oscar, I rip- Oscar's sitting at home, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, Oscar's sitting at home. Damn. Yeah, but you gotta, you're, you're gonna go ahead and go with the, the this doll gimmick, the, the yeah. evil. Well, I guess she's, I guess she's a face. I guess their faces. Their yeah. faces, yeah. But that's it. Dude. That's thing in both of their careers. That's that's why that's why they're gonna be in trouble eventually. Yeah, I think they just don't have the creativity. Nope, they got the talent. There's no creativity. I just don't want it. I don't know. I don't know what the problem is. Like, are they scared to use these guys, or they don't think they translate well? I, I have no idea. I, I yeah, I don't get it. I yeah, don't I, get it. I have to believe it's somewhere in the middle. But I mean, it's kind of like every week on this show, we always debate. WWE and you can't argue crazy so why why try yeah. yeah so anyway um, but I love it but I love to analyze it though yeah oh yeah we we do what we can in terms of analysis even if it is insanity but anyway that is going to bring us to the end of the weekend so we had CM Punk debuting on AEW Rampage the first dance we had SummerSlam we had NXT TakeOver 36 on Sunday this coming Wednesday the all the folks here at the Keep the Kayfabe will be attending AEW Dynamite here in Milwaukee Wisconsin so stay tuned for that on our next episode so all that being said I'm going to kick it over to Mike now because we do have one more segment which is our promo of the week and some final thoughts all right. I'm really excited about this one. I think somebody in my per- close personal circle did this one. I have a pretty good idea who it was uh, because their name is attached to it. And his name is Pete. Uh, it must be my friend Pete from uh, Honolulu, Hawaii. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see him, but we still keep in touch. So he sent me this one. We used to love this. This was... 1995 War Games. It's with Hulk Hogan, Sting, Man, Randy Savage, Lex Luger. Uh, brought to you by Mean Gene, but boy, these guys kind of sounds like they put down a big eight ball of woof before started this promo. <laughs> so yeah, let's take a listen. We have assembled the truth, so ladies and gentlemen, tonight of yeah, War man. Games, the Hulkamaniacs versus the Dungeon of Doom and Hulk. Finally. As captain of the team, I've got to liken this to the invasion of Normandy in 1945. Well, you know, you can liken it to whatever you want, big dude. But right now, my War Games, my teams are together, brother, and we just drank a couple gallons of Agent Orange, brother. So we're impervious to pain, man. And with the Stingers aerial assault, the power of Luger breaking them in half, and the Macho Man 
coming from all different ways, brother. What are they going to do when the team of maniacs declares war in just a couple minutes, brother? Is there dissension yeah. here? Is there dissension? Not even. Not. I said what I had to say when I had to say it. And the stinger, he straightened me out. United we stand. Need a little excitement. Watch this fearsome foursome. We are yes. devastating. Yes or no? That's Whoa. the ticket. Yes is the answer. Me, Gene, you know me. I'm sick and tired of talking. I just want to go to war instantly. It's one heck of a team that you're looking at right here. We got all of our oars in a row. And I don't want to talk anymore. Let's just go to the ring right now and tear them apart. Whoa, wait a minute now, Lex Luger. I don't know. Have you reached the comfort level? Oh, I've got the camouflage on. War games are on. I'm with them. I'm ready to go. It's the tell the bell tolls right now. Now, it's time to turn it on, and we are together as together can be. All right. Now, you don't come to me, Gene. We were questioning our own integrity a few minutes ago, but all I had to do was look Lex in the eyes, brother, and I knew right then he was American-made from head to toe, brother. So the macho man told us, DTA, don't trust anybody. Don't take no prisoners, brother. And my team is focused now on getting rid of the dungeon of goom, brother, because I want five minutes with a taskmaster. You know, baby, they've all got red, white, and blue running through their veins because they were born and raised in the USA, and we're ready for war games, baby! All right, Hulk, I'll tell you what. Uh... I feel real sorry for anybody who gets on our way to and from the ring and what happens in the middle. We cannot be held responsible for Lex, Flex, Macho, Sting in the holster. We're going to run wild in the double steel cage. What are they going to do, brothers? What are they going to do? We're going to use him as bait, man. Let's set him up. He'll be a good bait. Come on, let's go, Meiji. All right, uh, they are headed toward the ring for war games. And, of course, don't forget about the match beyond. It is the Hulkamaniacs, Hulk Hogan, Sting, the Macho Man, Randy Savage, Lex Luger against the Dungeon of Doom, led by the Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan, Shark, Kamala, Zodiac Man, and Ming, the Face of Terror. Pull up your socks and get ready. Michael Buffer, let's get to the ring. Hi, Octane shit or what, boys? 95 War Games. That was one of the worst ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think, think based on the current mental state they were all in, we can guess why. Oh, man. Sure. They were they were drinking pure D uh, when they went on with that. So, yeah, thank you, Pete, for submitting that. <laughs> Missy, buddy. Allah, I will see you soon. So, yeah, thank you, Matt. You want to close this out? Sure. I, I almost feel strange saying it, but, uh, you know, as we say here every week and as a wise person once told us, there's really three things that a person <laughs> needs to do to make sure that they stay on top of their game. And it's stay humble, stay hungry, and stay hard. Keep those three things. Triple H! Yeah, that's <laughs> triple H. I'm, like, I'm like, is he not going to say it? He no-sold it. I forgot my Triple H, yeah. You, you no sold it like Sting and the power bomb. <laughs> it popped right up. Oh yeah, we can get into it later. But me, me, and Mike were talking about it on the way up. And this might be this might be a shocker to you guys, and we can save it. But the Chuckster likes 2.0. <laughs>
Ever rise? It's damn true. Yeah, we you were know, talking they're, about it. They're using I, them perfectly. They're growing on me. Yeah, they Watch me them. too. They're growing on me. Dude. For, for talking shit no about wrong. them. Yeah. To, yeah, I know. To talking shit, they're like, they're not half bad. I was like, yeah. last couple weeks, I'm like, they're, they're kind of funny, dude. They are over <laughs> his heels. I'm like, they're kind of funny. Yeah. Well, just make sure that they stay Triple H, and they'll be yep. top oh, notch they, in no time. If they stay yeah. hard, oh, man, it's incredible. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll wrap it up with that. Like you said, Matt, we had a big week of shows coming. Like you said, we have Dynamite this week, and then pretty much right through next week, and then it's all out. Or was it all in? I always get all out. All out. All, all out Sunday night. All right, well, thank you for staying with us through this extended special episode to keep the kayfabe. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on either Spotify, Google Podcasts, or iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts from. Also, follow us on social media, on Facebook, or on Instagram at Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Matt. These are the guys. We'll see you next week. Came to move, 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 move. Get out the way of me and my crew, 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 crew. I'm in the club, so I'm gonna do, 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 do. Just what the phone came here to do, 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 do. Yep, yep, cause it goes on and on.